Hello, and welcome to episode 67 of My Circus, My Monkeys. Today, I have a question for you. Can you create an entire team of MVPs? So instead of just one most valuable player, they're all valuable players. I believe you can. So stay tuned to find out how. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. So last week I saw an article on Inc.com and it was titled, Why Your Most Valuable Employee is Often the Invisible Employee, colon, Why Some Employees Stand Out Simply by Not Standing Out. So I was intrigued. In all my years of coaching and supervising, you know, I'll admit we often focus on the employees who stand out. Either they're standing out because they're doing the best, they are our MVP. And of course, other times they're standing out because they're a problem employee. They're underperforming, causing trouble, etc. So I wondered, are we forgetting about these valuable, invisible employees? And so, of course, I read the article. So the employee in the article was Bob, and his supervisor was Randy. But to make things a little bit more gender neutral, let's change Bob to Sam. So Sam, quote, flew under the radar. They never asked Randy a question. They never asked for Randy's advice. They never complained or vented or tooted their own horn. Sam just passed on information they knew that Randy needed. How a customer issue was resolved, how a delicate ship date issue would be solved, and how they would overcome an interdepartmental impasse. So when Randy's supervisor, who is, I guess, the author of the, of the article, or, or at least um, you know the person telling the story... That person commented on how little Sam seemed to contribute, and they were really surprised when Randy said he wished he had 20 Sams. The article went on to quote Mark Cuban, anybody who reduces my stress becomes invaluable to me. The people who tend to think that they are invaluable are typically the ones who create the most stress by creating firestorms, creating drama, and making things more difficult for me. If you're a drama creator, you're not going to do well. If you are a stress reducer, you're going to do well, end quote. Now, I absolutely agree with Cuban that supervisors could do more with team members who reduce stress instead of creating it, aka creating drama, taking up large percentages of your time, etc. But I do think this article misses the boat in two important ways. Number one, it doesn't really explain how you go about finding a SAM or how to create one. In the article, Randy has a Sam and appreciates him. Randy's supervisor is surprised about this. So I guess we as the readers 
are supposed to just, like the supervisor, think, oh, valuable life lesson, let's not take our SAMs for granted. Now, of course, if you have a SAM, if we had a SAM, one of these mythical beings, wouldn't we already know it? Wouldn't we already appreciate them? We certainly wouldn't need Inc. Magazine or Randy to tell us to appreciate team members who are low stress, high performers, and problem solvers. Now, even more importantly, the article doesn't reveal why Sam is able to do all these things, quote, under the radar. Instead, they make Sam seem like this almost mythical creature that you either have or you don't. Whereas in reality, the Sams of the world can do what they do because they're well-trained, they understand what's expected of them, and they are empowered to act. So let's break that down. At some point, Sam had to be trained. Maybe Randy did it. Maybe Sam predates Randy and somebody else did it. Maybe they even had to train themselves as so many of us has had to do since we don't get the training that we need. But but in order for Sam to resolve customer service issues, shipping problems, and overcome interdepartmental issues, like they're saying, he would have had to have been trained. Now, Sam also knows what Randy wants them to do, which means they know what's expected of them in these situations. And finally, Sam has been empowered to act. Sam doesn't need to run options by Randy whenever something comes up. Sam knows what to do and does it. And just as importantly, Randy doesn't ask Sam to run everything by him or other team members or a committee. Sam has the power to make the decisions they think are best to keep things moving forward without worrying that Randy's going to come back and be mad at them or that they might get in trouble because of the decisions they've made. Sam knows Randy trusts them and has their back. So over the years, I've encountered way too many supervisors who need their people to run everything by them. Now, this might be something that is explicitly stated. Like they actually say, before you do anything, run it by me. Or it could just be a more subconscious thing. And the culture that these supervisors create makes it implicit that they have to do this. Other side of the corn, I've also other side of the corn. Other side of the coin, I've seen way too many employees feel like they have to run things by their supervisors. Again, like I already said it, it could be the culture that their supervisor has created. It could be they've been told that they have to. But it could also be that they haven't been properly trained or they don't know what's expected of them or to avoid getting into trouble or simply because they don't feel empowered to act. Now, these things often go hand in hand, but not always. Regardless, when either party feels like they have to check in with the other person constantly, it slows things down and adds stress to everyone involved. So the supervisors who need to discuss everything are stressed and overwhelmed because they're constantly involved in the decisions their team members should be making. Again, this could be because they want it that way or their supervisees want it that way, but either way, it's a problem. In fact, the supervisor may even like the sense of control it seems to give them, but it's not actually an effective way to supervise. And likewise, the employees who don't feel confident in making decisions without their supervisor's approval 
are stressed and overwhelmed because they're not getting things done efficiently and because they might be worried that they're going to get in trouble for, quote, doing the wrong thing and possibly lose their jobs. So the second problem I have with this article is that it implies that if you have a SAM, you just let them do what they do and you never have to worry about them. The SAMs will just come, tell you important information, then disappear back into the wilderness until they return to announce they've solved more of your problems. Now that's ridiculous. If you want to have an effective team, you have to connect with individual team members on a regular basis. You need to make sure they know what's going on in your organization, that they understand what's expected of them, clear expectations. They need to have the skills and or knowledge to do all facets of their job, and you need to empower them to act. You can call these meetings whatever you want, coaching, one-on-ones, special time, etc. But it needs to be more than, hey, do you have anything for me this week? And then a list of what you need them to work on next. During these points of connection, you need to make sure that your SAMs understand what's expected of them in all aspects of their job, both when they start and as things grow and evolve. Job descriptions are simply a general overview. And that's especially true because of that all-inclusive other duties as assigned. We know how things change on a day-to-day basis. And job descriptions do not set clear expectations of how that work is supposed to be done or what specific outcomes you might need them to achieve. So you have to be very clear on what you expect all the time. You also need to check in to make sure that your SAMs have the training they need to be effective. Now, we like to think that the people that we hire know everything they need to be successful, but that's rarely the case. We're busy. They're here. We're so excited someone new is starting. So we usually just tell folks the basics. Here's the copier. Here's Brenda, whatever. And then we put them to work instead of assessing to make sure that they have what they need to do their job effectively. And then if there's a gap, you need to help them get that knowledge and or develop those skills so that they can be effective, so that they don't need to rely on you. Finally, they need to feel empowered. They need to know that you trust them to get things done and they have the authority to act within the scope of their responsibilities. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't hold people accountable if there's a problem because of those actions. But it does mean that if you've been clear about your expectations and you know they have the ability to solve those problems, that you trust them to make decisions and put things into motion. And whenever any of these elements are missing, it means you're going to have to be more involved in their decision making and problem solving. And that takes time and energy that most of us do not have. So what does this mean for you as a supervisor? If you're like most supervisors, especially in higher education, you want less drama, more solutions, and less stress. There are way too many things on your plate, so the idea of someone taking things off your plate, or at least not adding to it, probably seems too good to be true. But the reality is you can do just that even without hiring a new employee. You don't have to go out and find a Sam. You can develop them with your current team. Most of our team members want and need clearer expectations, professional development to help them be more effective in their jobs, 
and the authority to do their jobs without handholding or micromanaging. And even if you have a team that, gosh, I wish they would do that, but they just keep coming to me, they don't seem very confident. But with proper coaching and by correcting some of your behaviors, because if you are one of those people that, that somehow are putting out a vibe, then you're perpetuating their lack of empowerment. But again, with proper coaching, they can get there. And, and of course, coaching, that's a relatively new word. I mean, it's not a new word. Obviously, it's an old word. But in terms of supervision, it's kind of a new concept. And it might seem like a foreign concept because most of us don't get coaching, and we certainly haven't been taught to do it. But coaching is really just about asking your folks the right questions to find out where they are, what they need to be successful, and then helping them get there. And the three things that every single team member needs are clear expectations, the right skills and knowledge, and once those are set, the power to act. Okay, so as with all things that I say or lots of people say, that probably seems easier said than done, right? But once you get an effective system down to cover those three things, you can do that within the scope of those one-on-one meetings, of those coaching meetings. Again, whatever you want to call them that resonates with you and your team. But if you feel like getting a team of Sam's seems awesome, but completely out of reach for you right now, you're already overwhelmed, we would love for you to join us for our Spring Supervisor Strengths Institute that starts January 11th. We're going to talk about a lot of different things designed to make your life easier as a supervisor, including how to effectively coach your team, set those clear expectations, and focus on the staff development that your folks need to get them out of your hair and solving problems for you. So just a little bit about the Institute. You get eight weeks of great online content. You get nine group support and accountability calls. You get three individual coaching calls, all designed so you get the support you need to put what you're learning into action. We just started early registration, and if you sign up by Monday, November 29th, so that's Cyber Monday, you're already buying things, so just one more thing for your list, you can also get a bonus free hour of team training, and that alone is worth over $600. The Institute is a great value. We've spent over three years developing this curriculum to really help you transform from an overwhelmed, stressed supervisor into a confident, empowered, and less stressed leader. And that includes turning your team members into a gaggle of Sams or a team of MVPs. There's a link to more information about the Institute in the show description. But just remember, as you're finishing up the semester, those employees that are giving you frustration that maybe aren't where you want them to be, they can get there with your help. It's just a matter of setting up a system, being consistent with it, and of course, you feeling comfortable doing so. So remember, if you want to upgrade your current staff to MVPs, making them more like Sam, you need to focus on clear expectations, professional development, so making sure they have the right skills and knowledge, and once those are set, giving them the power to act, empowering your team. And if you're struggling with employees, think about it from those terms. Maybe they don't know what I expect. 
Maybe they don't have the right skills or knowledge. Maybe they are coming to me with all these questions because they think for whatever reason, I don't trust them to just make the decision. Because even maybe just by reframing how you're interpreting some of these employees, you can change your behavior so that they change theirs and become less stressful for you, that become more effective employees for you. So until next week, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th, Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.